Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode 11. This is actually my second time recording this. I had it all recorded, was in the middle of editing it, and the files just got deleted. And now I'm having to do this over again. So I'm talking about something and it sounds a little off or like I'm not not as much into it as I was before. It's because I'm rehashing all of these points and, and subjects again and I'm trying to do it the same way or at least comparably, but it's it's not going to be quite the same thing I originally recorded, unfortunately. But I'm, uh, I'm going to be talking about a subject that's a little bit deeper today and something that I, I, I do care about quite a bit. And it, by that nature, I think it's going to be a longer episode. Again, previous recording was a longer episode, so I believe this one will be as well. And the subject that I want to talk about today is the idea of masculinity. And before we get too far down that road, I think I'm going to need to kind of break this discussion up a bit because it's it's not something I think that is quite obvious in terms of what I want to talk about and the way I want to go with it versus what people immediately think of when they hear that term. So I want to start off by sort of defining where I'm coming from, then getting into a bit of the actual discussion with it. And I'm going to close more with my personal story slash opinions on it. Not that this whole thing isn't my opinion, but rather like why I have these opinions based on my own background of it. I want to save my background for the end of it because I think it more clarifies the positions I have versus starting off with it I think is it's gonna bog the discussion down a bit hopefully that's not just me thinking that that's gonna work versus everyone else who listens to this where the the way that's set up is sort of off or it doesn't seem like it's it's playing the best so if it seems a little disjointed I apologize the format makes sense in my head so hopefully it makes sense to to you who's listening to it so to start off I want to clarify what I'm talking about when I'm saying when I'm saying what masculinity is because because masculinity to me is not about the concept or notion of gender identity or sexual identity and I'm not saying that that's not a component of things and I'm not saying that that doesn't play a role in this discussion because it can and does but rather I don't want to get bogged down by that part of it simply because I don't think that's relevant to what specifically I'm going to be talking about and so I'm not going to go down that road because I think that's a, a discussion that's worth having just not for what I want to talk about today and so I'm going leave that element of it alone and address simply the, the, the pure concept of masculinity and what it is. The the other element of background that I want to clarify before really going into things and before really diving into the subject is that I'm someone who doesn't really get the whole concept of like male superiority or the fact that people view men as inherently better than women. It doesn't make sense to me. And a lot of that stems from the fact that I was raised by a single mother, a little bit of my background here just to clarify things, but like I, I was, I was raised by a single mother and she did everything in our lives. Like she worked long hours. She raised my brother and I, she took care of us, ran the household, all of that kind of stuff. And so to me, I really 
didn't know or understand the concept of like a men are superior to women mindset until I was really in high school. Just because it, it never really occurred to me. It never was a thing that would make sense to me because hearing people say, well, women can't do that. And I'm like, well, that's just not true because my mom's over here doing it, you know, like she, she did everything. And so I'm not trying to approach it from that standpoint either. And I'm not trying to say that masculinity is better than femininity at all. I'm, I'm kind of making the point that, that they are different and they are approached differently. And that's not a bad thing because I think men and women are different and they're going to handle things differently. That's not saying that's inherently good or bad. It just, it, it is, it is a thing. And so we need to approach them differently by the nature of them being different. And so that's why I want to talk about masculinity specifically. And not that femininity is not worth talking about, but as a male, I don't have the experience to talk about it. It's not something I'm intimately familiar with, and it's not something that I can really understand or embrace. And so I'm not going to speak on a subject that I have no understanding of or something that I just can't grasp, right? And so I'm not going to delve into that. I'm going to focus on masculinity and something that I know and something that I've experienced and something I've had to work through in order to sort of flesh out that component of it. And I think there are, I guess, elements of femininity in the discussion, but it's not focused on that. And so I want to clarify myself here at the beginning, just because I don't want this discussion to be framed immediately in the sense of, oh, this guy is, you know, like a misogynist or he's trying to advocate for the fact that women can't or should be doing certain things or, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause that, that's genuinely not where I'm coming from. If, if you still feel that way at the end of the discussion, then uh, I do apologize. And, and hopefully I can show you that that's not where I'm coming from. Cause I, I genuinely don't believe that, but I, I feel the need to clarify it at the beginning so that we can start off this discussion from a similar place and start off this discussion in a way that's going to be productive and in a way that's going to make sure that we can actually address issues in the correct way because with that framing I still want to say that the the whole reason I want to talk about this is because I've been listening to a few podcasts of my own in my own time that I've been talking about this subject and talking about masculinity in terms of how it looks in fatherhood and how it's then translated to the the children of these of these fathers and in those podcasts in those discussions and then in self reflection and just kind of observation and everything like that, I've kind of come to the conclusion, and I'm certainly not alone in this thought, that there is a crisis of masculinity that is happening. And I really want to dive into what that means and what that looks like, because I don't think that, I don't think that's necessarily self-evident. I don't think that's necessarily what people see. And I, th I think it's because we don't have a great understanding of what masculinity is in the sense of what it should be. And so I want to dive into that a bit because I don't view masculinity, I guess, in the traditional sense, because the traditional sense of masculinity is someone who is very stoic, very uh, non-emotional, someone who is the, the, the protector of the family and isn't supposed to be kind and caring they're supposed to be that that stone wall of protection and they're the ones who are the the muscle and strength behind the family and we've kind of gone away from that in a contemporary sense we've we've moved away from that concept to 
advocating for men to feel emotions, to be people who are not purely stoics, but rather people who can experience these these emotions and experience life and not have to be these stone walls. Because I, I really do think that's what the conception is. And, well, I should say was. But for me, where I see the crisis coming in is because we've, we've swung the pendulum too far the opposite direction. So I would say the, the extreme on one end was that traditional masculinity where it's no emotions at all no way to react correctly bottle it all inside and just be that be that wall versus we've gone the other way now where it's you're supposed to feel everything you're supposed to let everything be a part of you you're just supposed to sort of live in you and dwell in you and it's going to guide you and take you forth and i don't think that's helpful either i don't know if it's worse than than the traditional masculine sense but i don't think it's better i think where the crisis comes in is the fact that men aren't really taught how to control emotions very well they're not really taught how to experience emotions well because to experience emotions well is to put a rein on those emotions they they need to be able to not let them guide their decisions but rather to be experienced and to be felt and to be understood but then to let you use that energy and those emotions to be productive, to do things, to be an active participant in things versus what I see today is men who feel emotions, but they're passive about it and they're not doing anything with it. They're letting the emotions take them for a ride. And that's not a helpful thing. It's all, And it's also not helpful to just not feel emotions at all. Bottling up emotions tears you apart, both mentally and physically, obviously emotionally. And I, I'm speaking from a place where I've done that most of my life. And so I, I really do understand the the impact bottling up emotions has but i also understand the implications of feeling your emotions with no restraint on them because you you are at the whims of your emotions and doing that doesn't allow you to have any agency in your life being at the whims of your emotions basically means that well i'm going to just experience everything and wherever that takes me is that's going to take me and we'll see what happens and i don't think that's helpful i don't think that's a good thing to be teaching young men and i realize when i'm talking about this that this is not something that is or should be exclusive to young men because women should understand this concept too women should be able to have control over their emotions too the reason i don't see that as as big of a crisis in the feminine side is because i think women are better at this whether that's because traditionally that's been more of their kind of quote unquote role or whether that that's something that's part of just that inherent difference. There's, I'm sure, a lot of theories and ideas about that, but I think I think women are better at having that control over their emotion and not not letting that emotion just sort of take them. And I'm, I'm speaking all of this in a, in a generic sense, of course. There's going to be individuals who are better and worse at these sort of things. But that's why I don't see that as a crisis of femininity, because I think that's already there. That, that concept of not letting emotions take you, that's, that is a consequence of good practice femininity already versus I think good practice masculinity today does not necessarily include that when it should and I see that as a real really big problem because men need to understand that their emotions do have a place that their emotions are valid but they need to understand that their emotions are not these things that are supposed to control them their emotions are a part of them but there's something that can be utilized there's something that can be 
be productive. There's something that can be a part of how they approach their life and a part of how they make their lives better. But they're not taught that and they're not shown that. And I think that's just such a disservice to, to young men, whether whether now they're they're older men or whether they're young men still trying to grow up, still trying to figure this stuff out. For me, I found what I believe is a good definition of what masculinity should be in a quote that I found a while ago. And I'm pretty sure I've used this quote already in this podcast. So if it sounds familiar and you've been listening to to this podcast, that's probably why. It's a quote from St. Francis de Sales. Nothing is so strong as gentleness, nothing so gentle as real strength. Because I think embedded in there is the concept of having that emotional control and having that ability to not let emotions carry you. And real quickly, before I dive further into that quote, I'm stressing the emotional element of this because I think everything else is still a part of masculinity, but everything is stemming from this issue. Because the traditionally masculine elements of like being strong and being that protector and being sort of that that rock for the, the traditional family and whatnot, it's certainly there. And I would say is not necessarily a bad thing. Those elements still need to be there in a, in a sense of that those masculine traits still need to be a part of a family and a child's life, but it doesn't need to be portrayed in the same way as traditionally masculine figures had, where it's stoic and non-emotional. Those elements can still be there, but the, the figures can be emotional and they can experience these things and show their children how to experience these things as well. Going back to the quote here, the, the idea that there's strength and gentleness is certainly not a common thing that's taught and certainly not a common thing that people will think about. Because when we think of gentleness, we think of people who are, to use an older word, meek. We think we think of people who are passive. Gentle people are these passive people who aren't getting involved, who are not the people who are going to be that protector figure. They are sort of more humble. They're sort of more passive figures. And the idea of strength and gentleness, to me, talks about the idea that you have these the strength, whether that be physical or mental or spiritual or whatever, but it's coded in this idea of, of gentleness. And basically what that is telling me is you have your emotions that are that are swirling around you. What you're using it for is to be that cushion against that the raw strength of of a masculine figure or of the masculine idea. It, it's something that should be a sort of like protection against raw strength and the raw kind of rage and anger that stems from a traditionally masculine sense to it, it buffers that from going out of control because the gentleness is really the emotional control over it versus the strength is still that protection traditional element that should be embedded in good real masculinity and and so i i think for me the quotes always stuck with me because of that and I'll talk about it more in a, in a little bit when I go into my own personal story, but I think it's a really good quote to, to conceptualize the idea and to really dive into what fleshes out the the notions of what it means to to be a masculine figure. And before I hop into my own personal story within this, I, I do want to clarify, I'm, I'm really trying hard to use masculinity and masculine figures and use those terms because I understand that this role and that these characteristics are not 
necessarily done by men. And I personally think that's not always the best thing, but it happens. Again, I was raised by a single mom who, by that nature, had to display some masculine characteristics, certainly not all of them, because she couldn't, but by the nature of the role she'd been given, she had to. And so, I'm talking about masculine ideas and concepts and and notions because that they're the they are the traditionally used words to define these ideas but it's attributes that young men i think are more inclined to versus young women and again feminine ideas young women are more inclined to than young men and that's just the the way nature works you know and so that that's the way i i see that and i'm not saying that women can't do these things nor men can't do feminine things because i think that's the definitely true. But again, I'm speaking to young men in masculine ideas because that's the place I'm coming from and that's been my experience and that's where I see an issue. I'm not saying there couldn't be an issue of femininity. I simply don't see it. I'm not saying that women can't have these masculine traits or experience these masculine traits because they can and do. But that's just not where my focus is. I want to clarify all of these things because I'm, I'm trying to be an honest broker here. I'm trying to be straight forward and I'm trying to express all of these things without trying to go too far into these little niche groups of of ideas you know I'm not I'm not trying to isolate really truly that's that's what I'm not trying to do and so I I feel the need to just clarify myself and to make sure I'm I'm being as straightforward as possible and of course I'm gonna miss something or I'm gonna say something incorrectly or I'm saying I'm phrasing something weirdly and it's gonna come off one way that I didn't intend and so it's gonna happen but as I'm coming through this conversation, I'm going to I'm gonna stop and clarify myself if I feel like that's important. And so again, masculinity, masculine ideas, masculine figures. But I'm, I'm trying to use those terms and not say just men and women because I, I get there's crossover constantly. And so this sort of comes down to now how I experienced it in my own life. Because like I said earlier, my my mom was the one who raised my brother and I. My, my father really wasn't around that much and certainly didn't have that much influence in terms of a, a masculine sense. And so I never really had a father figure in my life to to show me what it meant to be a man, what it meant to have masculine traits, what it meant to be composed in that way. And I, I had glimpses of it in my life. I had moments where it was there because I had other figures in my life. Like the first one that comes to my mind is my grandfather, who was just a, a very kind man who who knew all of these traits, who knew how to have that that gentle strength. But I also had people like my uncles. I had people in my church who who were kind of just not necessarily explicitly trying to help me, but just help young men in general. I remember I had a best friend growing up who's father really showed me a lot of these things whether whether it was explicit or not I'm not sure but he he definitely did he showed me and modeled how to be that that kind of man but these these figures weren't in my life on a consistent basis I'd say the most consistent was people at church because church was once a week and so or twice a week depending on the the midweek kind of stuff that you did and so I got glimpses of them for like an hour or two once or twice a week and you know I'm not saying that's like a bad thing but that's not consistency and then everyone else was less consistent because like grandpa and uncles and stuff they lived in 
other states. They live pretty far away, and so I saw them a couple times a year. And and so trying to figure out masculinity as I'm growing up, and then as I'm getting into puberty, where the you know the hormones really start kicking in and the emotions really start kicking in, and you're trying to figure out what to do with these things, it's it becomes well then what is this masculine way of handling things? Because in the times where my father was around, he didn't model it well because he didn't know these things either whether he didn't grow up with it or just chose not to do it well or whatever that's speculation more than anything I really don't know but he didn't model it well but then trying to compare it to the other male figures in my life the other kind of replacement father figures in my life seeing how they did it I, I got little bits and pieces over the years but it uh it never was a full picture and so it was something I struggled with quite a bit because I really didn't understand everything that I needed to understand about this subject and I didn't really understand what it meant to have that sort of male figure in your life to model these things until my grandfather passed away my senior year of high school and I just remember kind of reflecting over his passing in the following days which is you know that's a common thing to do after people die and just realizing how much he taught me and how much he showed me and how much he cared about me and it it's something that sticks with you and it's something that is I think hard to come to terms with because it's you don't it, it's the old adage you don't know what you have till it's gone and and so that that was sort of the, the first time I really got a explicit view of oh this is this is the guy who taught me how to be a man as much as he could because he wasn't there and that wasn't his job like it shouldn't have been his job though he did try and he did his best with the, the time he had with my brother and I to show us these things but that, that wasn't his job but he tried he really did he he did as much as he could and I didn't realize it until that moment when I was 18 and it was like oh that's what he was doing and and from there it was sort of like in my own mind okay how do I take what I saw my grandfather to be and carry that into my life to give a little bit of background on that my grandfather was this farmer who built up his own farm from nothing who didn't really grow up with much so he wasn't given much to start with but he built up this farm was a very successful man actually and from that raised his family well and learned how to control his emotions through all of that and you know by the time I got to him with with him becoming a grandparent with me like very kind and very generous and always helping people always looking to give always looking to help others and always looking to show other people how to approach things and always the person that I thought of when I when started coming up with this gentle strength idea in my own mind because he, he was a taller man and you know a farmer so he was strong but he never came off as, as scary or intimidating in any way unless sort of provoked you know like unless the situation called for it and and so it, it's these ideas of understanding that there there are moments where it's okay to show strength and force and to show that you have these things and that there are times for that but it's not normally and it's not often it's 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 the moments that you do that versus your your normal operating stance should be that that gentleness that that grace and the love and kindness that's embedded all in that word and my grandfather was the 
one who did that. And again, other people did in my life too, but he's the one who really kind of helped me conceptualize that. Looking back is when I've seen it in these other people, like like my uncles and the people at church and my, my friend's father from when I was growing up, because they all did these things too. They all showed these things too. And it's hard because I, it was never told to me that that's just how men act, you know? I, I was never really explained that very well. And I, I do think part of it is because it was never explicit. It was sort of just, like, implied that men should be acting this way, but no one really ever told me that. Versus then, I see the opposite side of things where men don't act like that, and so, as a child, it's more like, it's confusion. It's like, how are men supposed to act? Obviously, I prefer one way over the other, but seeing men like my father act a different way, it's like, is that how you're supposed to act? And these other guys are, I guess, being quote unquote, not men. <laughs> and that's, you know, kids don't know how to wrestle with that concept because that, that's just not, they're not there yet. They, they can't understand those things. So I didn't really have a good grasp of it as a kid. And it's, it's something I've struggled with for quite a long time to understand what it is to, to be a man. And I mean, I remember in high school, I, uh, I played football and American football, if that's a needed clarifier for you. And that sport is a very big place for traditionally masculine energy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of grunting and shouting and hitting each other and all that kind of stuff. And so by the way I was confused about these things, I looked to my peers around me in this sport and saw what they did and tried to emulate it in a way because I saw that this was something that people considered manly. This was something people considered to be masculine and so I tried to copy that and in some ways it is because there is that strength component there but th th there is no semblance of the having control over emotions in that kind of environment I should clarify not in the environment I had for for football and so I got a kind of skewed sense there as well and so it took me past that time to figure out what what is this masculinity thing what is this concept and how do I go about this and how do I you know sort of confront this and you know become what a man is but I need to learn what that is and it's um it's not it's not an easy thing it's not an easy thing for a, a young man growing up to to not know what masculinity is because they've never been told what it is and never had a, a very clear and consistent way of being shown what it is either and to me to me that is the crisis of masculinity it stems directly from the fact that there is a decrease in fathers being present in young men's lives because the the fathers are supposed to be the figures to model this masculinity fathers are supposed to be the figures who are displaying what restrained strength is, what reserved strength is, what experiencing emotions but having a control on them as a man means. But fathers are becoming less and less present in these young men's lives. And so, these young men are not getting that influence, and so, they are swinging to one extreme or the other, where they're letting their emotions carry them into things that are getting them in trouble, or they're not feeling emotions enough to the point where the, the bottled up anger and rage is then exploding out and getting them into trouble. And I and I, I know this from a, I'm going to say, lesser perspective, because I'm, I'm certainly not, like, the, the worst off person, and I'm certainly not someone who, I'm someone who's experienced how 
this goes wrong. I'm someone who's experienced how not being able to process emotions correctly or at all leads to violent outbursts. It leads to emotions carrying you one way or the other. It leads to all of these things that are not helpful and they're not productive and they're not masculine. And they, they really aren't. And it's something that I had to learn explicitly from observation from experience and from reading and from you know my podcast that I listen to and that kind of stuff I had I had to find it instead of it being given to me and being embedded in me growing up and that's the problem is that young men by the time they get to my age most aren't going to do that they've accepted what masculinity should be in these extremes and they're just going to run with that now they don't see the disconnect they don't see a problem they have simply accepted the reality placed in front of them and are moving forward. And this isn't a condemnation of these young men because that's not their fault because the system broke from the beginning for them. They, they should have never been placed in that spot to begin with. Young men need father figures to show them how to do these things. And again, I'm saying father figures because it doesn't just have to be fathers. It can be other people, but they need to be shown this and they need to be told what this is, but they need to be shown what it is because they need the, the model to reference back to you saying, Ah, yes, this is how men act when confronted with rough situations, when confronted with adversity, when confronted with the things that we all go through. This is how men respond. But so many young men are not getting because they lack father figures. And it stems from the very fact that their actual fathers are not present. I'm speaking as one where that happened. And my situation's a little bit different. And it's a story I'll tell in a future episode. I'm going to be talking about fatherhood specifically. It, it is certainly intertwined in this subject for me, but I want to talk about it in a separate episode, but I experience what it's like to not have a father figure in your life. I had glimpses of it. I had moments where I saw it, but not a consistent presence. And I can see now how badly that affected me, but I even still saw it at moments. There's, there's young men who never ever see it. They have no way of understanding it. And so if you just try to explain this to them, they're going to go, yeah, that's crap. Because men don't act that way because they've never seen men act that way. And that's the crisis. That's the issue is we're not teaching men how to act correctly because they don't have these figures in their life to show them that. We want to look at strength as this brute force, as this sort of tidal wave that consumes and takes over and fights and beats down and it's not what it is. Not all the time. It, it can be. Because there's moments where strength needs to be that. There are intense moments where strength needs to rise up to be that protecting force and that's okay. It's what it's there for. But knowing what strength is means you're knowing how to reserve it or use it in productive ways. Because the, the little part that's never talked about also is that the, the traditional masculine notion of anger and rage, that's also just emotions that don't have handles on them. We always want to separate that. We always want to view anger and rage as these separate entities from emotions. And so, you know, the traditional masculine sense of, you know, don't feel emotions, but yeah, I feel anger and rage those are those are productive for that raw strength and it's the it's, it's the same thing it's the exact same thing where it's men who don't know how to use their emotions correctly they are letting them take them along it's just in one version it's bottled up to the point where it explodes and in the other one it's feeling every little thing and letting it take you to wherever it's going to take neither are helpful neither are productive neither are correct what we need to do is show people and tell people how to put that restraint on there that 
control and being productive with your emotions and being productive with this notion of strength because men should be strong and i'm not speaking purely in a physical sense because i'm someone who's been physically strong for a lot of my life i'm just a bigger dude genetically and that's just how it's been but understanding strength in a emotional sense and in a mental sense that's that's the where the true strength comes in because the the ability to say i have the power to speak these words and the ability to use this force of strength to control this situation however i'm showing restraint because the situation does not call for it that does take strength it takes courage it takes guts but that's how you make things productive it's recognizing that brute force is not the answer to everything it's recognizing that your abilities don't have to be used in that way every time and it's understanding that strength is a tool that you have and not the only tool that you have it's one of many and that that restraint that you put on there is is a such a big factor into all of this I'm going to say the the quote one more time because I think it's just a that's a good way of conceptualizing all that I've been talking about nothing is so strong as gentleness nothing so gentle as real strength it's a very powerful idea if you embrace it it's a very powerful idea if you can believe it but that's hard it's a very hard thing kind of like i've been doing before i want to incorporate a bit of the the religious elements in here though a lot of the the religious components that i have for the subject are the exact same as the stuff i've already been talking about because i think the the religious element for me is is the same thing but christian men should be acting like this too this is this isn't a secular way a man should act and christians should be a different way this is just how men should act that's masculinity it doesn't matter the religion but in a christian sense it's who's the example for all of these things well it's god and that that took me a while to figure out too because uh, and again i'll talk about this in a, in a later episode but god as a father explicitly in scriptures telling us that he is a father and that's a way to understand him that that's hard if you're someone who grew up with no father or a bad father but if you can understand that god is the perfect father god is the perfect example for what a father should be you move past your personal experience of a bad father and understanding that god is showing you how fathers should act and that's how God acts is in this way that I've been talking about. Scripture says, slow to anger, abounding in love. That's how God acts. Slow to anger means it's not that God doesn't get angry because he does. There's a righteous anger. That is a thing that exists and a thing that should be utilized in the correct moments, in the correct times. Because you cannot read scripture and say God does not get angry. He absolutely does. It is a righteous anger. It's very different. And he does not come to that point on a whim, slow to anger. Someone who goes to that place of righteous anger when the situation calls for and not just because he can or because he doesn't know how to do anything else abounding in love abounding in love means that though he can and does have moments of righteous anger he is constant in showing love and kindness and gentleness he is consistent in handing these things to us 
because he knows that's what is needed. And he knows that's what is needed most of the time. And that's what he leads with most of the time. There's other elements embedded in here in terms of, you know, the, the commands that God gives us and that kind of stuff. But God shows love consistently. But if needed, God shows his righteous anger. And that's the example we need to be having. And that's the exact thing I've been talking about this whole time. Righteous anger is not a bad thing and should be utilized when the situation calls for it. But we should always be consistent and abounding in love. We should be showing that every chance we get. Being a, a man in the most masculine true sense is showing love on a consistent basis that does not stop until you have to stop it to address the, the, the situation that requires you to be righteously angry. This doesn't mean over small things. This doesn't mean over things that can easily be fixed. This doesn't mean in situations that annoy you. It's not that. And embedded in this discussion is you have to understand righteous anger. And that's very different than just anger. Righteous anger is being angry over injustice, over things that are happening that should not be happening. If you don't get angry over things like children being sold into slavery, children being abused, people dying consistently for nothing because people have petty arguments, people's lives being treated like they're nothing, if that doesn't make you angry, then that's something to work on because that is righteous anger. That should make you angry. That is a perfect place for anger to be. You should not have the same level of anger over people being sold into slavery than you do about someone cutting you off in traffic. If you have the same level of anger over that, that's a disconnect and it's something to work on. I'm not here to judge you for that because I've been there and I get it, but there's a disconnect there. And that's why I'm saying these things because I don't think it's talked about enough. We, we view these things as maybe they're problems, but we don't know how to solve them. Maybe they're things that could or should be changed, but what do we do about them? And we're not going to change an entire culture and an entire mindset in one day. And one podcast isn't going to change that. Multiple podcasts aren't going to change that. It's going to take every person individually owning up to what they need to own up to and changing their lives and having that change be an influence to the people around them. But that does require everyone. That's what you do. That's how you change. If these are things you struggle with and you know, if you're, if you're not a man and you're still struggling with this too, that makes sense. These things are hard. But if you're struggling with them, talk to people about it, reach out about it, take your time and learn about it. If these things that I'm speaking about are resonating with you and you don't know why, take ownership and look into it. These things are not easy and they're not things that should be taken lightly, but they are important. Make no mistake about that. They are important and they are necessary. I think that's about what I have for today. I want to thank you all if you've made it this far for, for tuning in and listening. And hopefully it's, you know, evident in the way I'm talking about this. that I care about this subject quite a bit and I get emotional about it. And it's, it's something that means a lot to me because it's something I didn't have for a long time. And it's something that I do see as a, a genuine issue. And I just know that if I had a voice in my life speaking the things that I'm speaking now to me, I, f I feel like things would be different. <laughs> I feel like I would have learned it faster. And I'm probably wrong on that because I think that's, that's a bit of hindsight bias, but I still want to put this out there because maybe, maybe this is, this is the platform where one person hears these words and it, it does change them. And 
that's enough. That's enough to have one person hear this and it change them and impact them. But the voices need to be put out there. We need to call out the issues for how we see them as issues. And we need to not be complacent in that. And for me, if, you know, this is a subject for masculinity, this is a subject for, for men, it, it is by its nature. But if you are a woman listening to this and wondering how this can apply to you, well, if you have a man in your life or, you know, that the, the figure who is having these masculine traits, right? What do you do to make sure they're being held to that standard? Because you should. Men should be held to this standard as women should be held to a good conception of femininity because if we don't hold each other to standards and we just accept the people for the, who they are in the sense of we are not asking them to grow and get better then we continue to promote weak men and women we continue to promote this crisis and so if you see these issues happening and you see these men not having correct masculinity call it out see what are you doing and if they need to tell them to find out because that's that's, that's a stigma that hasn't left yet. Men are not told often enough that they can and should get help. So tell them. If this is something on this podcast that can help them, show them this. If it's something else, show them that. If, they, if they'll go in to see and talk to someone or however that looks with, with COVID and stuff right now, have them do it because we should be telling each other to get better. And this is how you get better. If you know how to practice this masculinity in a good way, in a healthy way, you're getting better. If you started off where you weren't like that and now you're at this place and you understand it and you're practicing it, you're getting better. And that's a good thing. We should want each other to get better. That's how we make a better society. That's how we become better as a whole is each individual saying, I'm going to get better. I need to get better and then actually doing it. But it takes other people around them to hold them accountable. And it takes other people around them to care enough to even tell them in the first place. I really appreciate everyone who takes their time to listen to this podcast, who takes the the time out of their day to, to really to do this, because it, it means a lot to me that the people are actually engaging with this i think the the last episode i put out has the the most listens out of any of them in, in 13 listens as of the recording of this and that may not seem like a lot and it, it's not a necessarily large number but to me what that says is that there's 13 people who either know me personally and want to listen to it or are finding it for the first time or are people I don't know who have been listening since the beginning and they're they're still putting in the effort to, to listen because they want to be engaged with the material. And even if you're listening to this because you do know me and you're you're trying to support me, first off, thank you. That that still means a lot. But you're you're still engaging with the material and that's what's important to me. And I think that's such a big thing is people being willing to engage with hard subjects. Because this is a hard subject. Let's let's not kid ourselves about that. It really is difficult. But putting in the work to engage and to talk about this and to really try to figure out how do we change these things for the better that's that's a big deal and so from the bottom of my heart thank you it, it does mean a lot to me and if you have comments about this episode or other episodes if you have questions or something that you want me to talk about there is an email in the show notes that email is being still podcast at gmail.com and i welcome any sort of comment or question because i inevitably missed things i can talk about within this subject because it's a large it's a large topic and 
if you want my opinion on one of those things, or you want a second opinion on something, or you're wanting a clarification because I said something incorrectly, or you want to tell me that I'm wrong and that I should change my opinion, I welcome all of it. Please send them in and let me know because I'm also trying to get better. I'm not perfect at this. I'm, I'm not going to get perfect anytime soon, but I'm trying and I'm working on it because that's all we can do. All we can do is to put in the effort to try and to recognize that we need to try and recognize that we need to put in this kind of effort. That's all any of us can do. All right, I'm going to stop rambling here and close this out. Again, thank you all for the support and for your attention if you've made it this far. And I will see you all in the next episode.